the Lord. Praise the Lord. There it is. There's the microphone. Come on, stand to your feet. Let's give God some glory this morning. Anybody came to give him praise? Did anybody come to give him praise? All right, come on. Simple says, simple song that says, God is doing something wonderful in me. Is he doing anything wonderful in you? I said, is he doing something wonderful in you? Come on, sing with us this morning. Here we go. God is. God is doing something wonderful in me. Yeah. God is doing something wonderful in me. Something awesome. this morning so be patient God's not finished with me yet come on God God is doing something I think y'all got it now. So let's sing it together, all together. Here we go. God is. Something awesome and incredible. Incredible and awesome. Second part says, so wonderful.
judge, I stretch my hand to thee, no other help I know. If thou wilt draw thyself for me, oh, what shall I go? Our Heavenly Fathers, we come this morning, we come, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We come, O oh God, acknowledging you at this time, knowing that you are God and above thee, there's none other. We want to thank you, O oh Lord, for watching over us last night while we slumped and slept, not knowing what we were, but you allowed your angels to guide our bedside. And you saw fit this morning to touch it with the finger of thy divine love. And we were closed in our right mind. And we were able to get in your automobile and drive our house, to, ourselves to the house of worship. We pray, oh God, now that you touch those who father. That you would touch them in a special way. For your will, your way, and your worry. That they might not sin against thee. Oh, Father, we lift you up this morning. We magnify your holy and your righteous name. We pray now for the sick and the shame. Have much upon those who are bereaved among us, Father. We pray, oh God, that you will touch them, that they don't know you, that they will come from in darkness unto the marvel of light. We pray for our church family, individually and collectively. We pray for everyone, oh Lord, that want to lift you up and magnify your name and own you as God. You said if you just be lifted up, and that we lift our eyes unto the hills, which come with all our help. We know that your help come from you because you made the heaven and earth. We pray for your Holy Spirit. We pray for those who may be coming, oh Lord, that they not know you, that they might come running saying, what should I do that I might be saved? We pray for our pastor this morning who's going to preach the word. We pray, oh God, that somebody who lost can come find their way from a word from on high. And when we go on the last mile of the way, we can come this way no more. Oh Lord, we got to go in somewhere. We must stick our swords in the sand of time when we can study walk no more. Oh, that day is coming, oh Lord. But we know that you will save us. Well, you can ask them to come on in, my good and faithful servant. But that you have been a rulable few things. But heal my brother and my sister. Come on in, that I will make you a rule of many things. For we ask in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know something real beautiful? God's love for us. God's love for us is so beautiful. Let's sing this song. Your love. Your love. It is so completely.
the simple song says how beautiful God is. Yes. So we're going to ask you this morning to focus on how God has been beautiful to you. Bring yourselves into the present right now, right here. Grab your neighbor's hand and let us collectively go to our awesome God. Oh, precious Lord. You're so beautiful. Yes. You're beautiful because you loved us so. You loved us in ways that are beyond anything we can think or imagine. Because you took us and you kept us close. You protect us from all hurt, harm, and danger. God, you put food on the table. You put clothes on our backs. You've allowed us to rise this morning with a reasonable portion of health and strength. Dear God, you didn't have to do it, but you did. And so we right here at this moment will say hallelujah. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lord, yes. for loving us so. Dear God, we yes. are an awaiting congregation, but we are burdened congregation. Some of us have physical health issues. Some of us are confused in our minds. Some of us are emotionally drained because of the issues of life. So, dear God, we ask that you come now and pour out your spirit on your people, dear God. Help us to recognize that you have not left us. You have not forsaken us right there with us so dear God we ask that you open up our minds open up our hearts open up our ears to what you have for us today dear God we ask that you bless the man of God bless his family dear God we ask that he has fertile land to spread your word your seed in order that it grows forth into a beautiful plant that gives glory and honor to you. Dear God, we ask that everything that is done in this worship service be done in decency and in order, and that it is pleasing unto your sight. And dear God, we will be careful to give you all the glory and all the honor. Dear God, we ask that you hear this prayer that's uttered in the name of your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let every heart in the building say amen, amen, and amen. Come on, is it beautiful? Is it beautiful? Your love found me. Come on, say. Your love found me. 
and it set me free. Thank you, God. So beautiful. Thank you, Lord. It's beautiful. Your love for me. Your love for me. Yes. It's so complete. So completely. So Put your hands together in here. It's a beautiful thing. That goes both ways. Our love for him should be more than beautiful. Isn't that right? Yeah. We thank God for all of his many kind blessings and thank him for taking care of us and, and just in spite of ourselves. So we have so much, so much to be thankful for. And we're in the right place to share some of that. This time now, we're going to ask that we please stand for the responsive reading for the morning. And as you read, please just think on the words. May we read together? Turn to me and be saved. Isn't that powerful? Let's say that again with, with strength. Turn. And the congregation that we think just kind of builds on that too. How many of you know that you have faith in the Lord? Amen. God bless you. If you would, we're going to ask you to join us in the song for the morning. And it simply says, my faith looks up to thee.
Amen. Some wonderful words. And I know that you feel better already. This time, we'd just like to share just a few announcements with you. We ask that you please remember all of our sick and children members, regardless of who they are. We also ask that you please, again, uh, don't forget those who are in need of our prayer. We ask you to continue to pray for them. We ask you also to continue to pray for Brother Owens. I don't see him this morning, but he is probably recuperating, so we ask that you please pray for him. I do see our own Brother Gross back there. We're happy to see him, and hopefully he's just kind of resting a little bit. We ask that you please pray. Also, please ask you, don't forget the Gentry family. Most of you know that um, our Brother Gentry was funeralized here on yesterday, and we ask you to, again to please pray for that family. And you may consult your bulletin for additional announcement. Before we've been called to go, we ask that we please do that. Amen. This time, we're going to get some additional announcement from the media. Good morning, K Chapel. Don't forget about the purse drive sponsored by Sunday School Class Number 14. Please be sure to drop off your new or gently used purses by October the 5th. And our Sunday School Children's Department is sponsoring an outreach program for homeless veterans. Donate your new socks, underwear, and t-shirts through this Wednesday, September the 19th. First meeting for Girl Scouts will take place on tomorrow, Monday, September the 17th at 6 p.m. Girls in grades kindergarten through the 12th grade are welcome to participate. The annual registration fee is only $25 and yearly dues is $50. For more information, please contact Sister Donna Sims at 601-966-0198. Whether you sing in a choir or sing in the pew, we invite you to join us for the 2018 Christmas Cantata. The kickoff will be this Saturday, September the 22nd at 9 a.m. here in the sanctuary. Don't forget that Children's Church is available every second and third Sunday here at Cade during the 11 o'clock worship service. Children's Church is open to kids ages 5 through 12. Please be sure to mark your calendars for our upcoming church council and business meeting this Tuesday, September the 18th. All ministry leaders are asked to attend the council meeting beginning at 6 p.m. And all members are welcome to attend the business meeting at 7 here in the church sanctuary. Please be sure to check your bulletins and the bulletin boards for additional announcements and upcoming community events. And to share your ministry news with the K-Chapel family, just send an email to kchapelannouncements at yahoo.com. Or you can go to the Submit Info tab on the K-Chapel app. But be sure to get your announcements in by noon on Tuesday of each week. Amen. God bless you. We're going to recognize our visitors in just for a moment. But just prior to that, we do have some that are ready for the right hand of fellowship. Ron Taylor, TJ and Tanya, come on down. And while they're coming, we're going to just pause now and just ask all of our visitors, come on down, ask all of our visitors if you would please stand. Let us thank you for coming in and invite you back. All visitors, won't you please stand up. Stand up, visitors. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. We ask that you please remain standing. And while you're standing, we're going to give you something that you're going to get here at KHF Mission Baptist Church.
Amen. I believe we do have one that's ready for, just want to just say a couple of words, not more than two minutes. Where, where are you, ma'am? Where are you? I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> two minutes, sir. All right. I know, I, so I'm going to be moving fast. <laughs> okay. My name is Bill Walker, and I'm uh, running for Hines County Circuit Court Judge uh, District, Subdistrict 1. I want to ask you a question. If for some reason uh, you uh, had to have an operation, uh, would you want to be operated by a, a family physician, or would you want to be operated by a surgeon? Of course, everyone would want the most qualified person to operate on them. And I will submit to you that I'm the most qualified person to run, uh, who's presently running for this particular uh, district. One of the things that you actually have to look at is a person's education and experience. I have uh, both. Just want to uh, give you an example. I was born and raised in Jackson, Mississippi. I'm a graduate of Lanier High School. I'm a product of, ja of the Jackson Public School System. I went to the University of Illinois for undergraduate school. I got my law degree from St. Louis University. After, uh, uh, after taking the bar exam, I received a license to practice law in the state of Mississippi. Basically, what I found out is that they did not really teach trial practice. And that's what we will be actually dealing with, is trial practice. And so as a result, I went to the University of Nevada, the National Judicial College in Reno, Nevada, and, and, and I received my basic trial advocacy certification. Then after that, I received, went to Stanford University. Basically, uh, that's a, in a gist what my educational background is. I want to, as far as experience, I've been practicing law for the past 44 years. I'm a president of municipal court judge. No other person who's running against me is a judge at all. So I ask you to uh, run for me, okay? And, and so, so, so I ask for your, I, I, I ask, now I want you to also know that Judge Ivory Britton is supporting me. I ask for you also to uh, support me. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. He had five minutes. <laughs> he had five seconds left, okay. <laughs> God bless you. This time now we're going to yield to the pastor. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning. Let the church say amen. Let's say amen again. Amen. We certainly give God glory and honor for this is the day that the Lord has made. We are rejoicing and we're glad in it. Amen. Can we give God some praise this morning? Hallelujah. Glory be to the Lamb of God. Amen. 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 Well, th this is the time uh, usually in our service. This is the time where we prepare for our tithes and offering. Uh, every now and then, you know, I like to do what's called an audible and I call an audible. Amen. And so musicians, we're going to call an audible this morning. Amen. Amen. What we're going to do is um, we're going to delay the offering. And then say we're not going to take an offering. Amen. Amen. Well, you are in a Baptist church. We're going to take an offering. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But we, we want to delay the offering. We want to delay the offering. We're going to put the offering at the end of service this morning, okay? We put the offering at the end of service this morning. So ushers, uh, you got some time, you're good, you can just relax right now, amen? Uh, what, what we want to do is, 
I want to get you ready for this morning's message. Uh, the, the morning message is how to give with cheer. How to give with cheer. We're talking about the how-tos of faith. Amen. Somebody needs that message this morning. Amen. How to give with cheer. The Bible says the Lord, the God loves a what kind of giver? Cheerful giver. Amen. Amen. And sometimes when we call for the offering, amen, we see rocks and jaws and amen, a little bit of everything else. And so we want to make sure that we're giving with the right kind of attitude uh, so that our offering is acceptable unto the Lord. And so what we want to do is, number one, we want to show you a quick clip, a quick video. After that, uh, I know we normally sing two songs, so go ahead and do the two songs. Amen. We're going to praise them a little while, all right? Two songs, and then we're going to preach. And then we're going to give the invitation, and then we're going to give. Amen? Amen? All right. God bless you. Let's see our clip this morning. So I think I started tithing when I was in the seventh grade. I didn't even have a job yet. Uh, I probably was just selling candy bars for a dollar each, but you know what? I knew that whatever I made, 10% of that was going to, to, to the kingdom. I just remember seeing my parents, they start tithing, and I remember just witnessing the blessings that were pouring into their lives, and from there, I really just start incorporating it into my life. I am a walking example of the benefits that come from tithing. When I went to college, I didn't have to pay anything out of my own pocket for tuition, for books, for room and board. I was expected to pay three times as much as everyone else because I was an out-of-state resident, but all of it was covered. And it wasn't like I had a full-ride scholarship or anything. I really was just blessed each semester. God made a way. Grants were coming, scholarships were coming. I was finding waivers accidentally. All of this, I could honestly say is a direct result from my tithing because God said he would supply. And ever since I graduated college, I've been blessed with so many career opportunities. I've worked several NBA finals, Academy Awards, Grammys. The list goes on and on. And I don't say that to you know brag or sound cocky or anything. I really say that in the most humble way because none of it would have been possible without God. There's just so much that God has done that in the world sense, it doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense that I went to college without paying a dime. I've been able to travel the world. I've been able to work all these cool jobs. It doesn't make sense when you really break it down. But the only real explanation is because God did it. And I think God did it. No, I know God did it. It's because I was obedient. I tried to live as Christ-like as possible. And I gave gave my time, my money, and I've been blessed tremendously because of that.
of worship hallelujah he is able second corinthians chapter 9 thank you voices second corinthians chapter 9 verse 6 there you will find these words recorded but this i say he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully every man according as he purposeth in his heart so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Here it is. And God is able. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. How to give with cheer. How to give with cheer. Do me a quick favor. Look at your neighbor and just see if they smiling. Okay, I just, just need to take a check. See if some of them rolling their eyes already. They, amen. Just, just need to know how hard I need to preach this morning. I'm just trying to figure it out. Trying to gauge it. Trying to gauge it. <laughs> It has been said that givers can be classified into four basic categories. There is the sad giver. There is the mad giver. There is the bad giver. And there is the glad giver. In which of these do you fit? What kind are you? Sad? Mad? Bad or glad? Now, if you're having some trouble locating yourself among the four, allow me to try and help describe something of these categories that might help to give some clue to where you fit. The sad giver basically is one who gives out of a sense of guilt. 
guilt can come in at least two forms. The first is guilt that is the result of the greatness of the need that has been explained. And so you have some people who are able to get up and make a plea before you and, and show uh, heart-drenching videos and tear-jerking videos. And, and before you know it, I mean, you've just been guilt-tripped out. And, and, and touching pictures and touching stories and, and, and the person has made you feel like and you're so blessed and there's such a great need, you ought to give instead of just sitting on everything that God has given you. And it's a guilt trip in order to be able to give. Even if you give somewhat begrudgingly, you give. That kind of giving is tied to emotion and be, can be couched in only the moment. It's seasonal and is usually not sustainable because it is based upon the feeling of guilt. Another form of guilt is guilt that one has for sins that he or she has committed. And some people give because simply they're trying to buy them way, themselves a way out. Amen. Y'all ain't going to talk to me in here. If you folk like that, who they, they, they told the Lord, Lord, since I did this and since I did that, I'm going to just try to pay for my wrong and pay for my sin. And, and you give right now trying to get over something you did in 72. Amen. Guilty because of how you acted. Guilty because of what you did or did not do. Guilty because of how many years you did wrong. And you give based upon the feeling of guilt. That's sad giving. But then there's mad giving. The mad giver is not motivated by guilt, but rather he or she gives out of a sense of grief. The mad giver. They give, watch this, but they're mad about it. They give, but they give and after they give they grieve because they're grieving what they can't do because they gave <laughs> gave all my money to the church and i can't even go on a vacation this year they acting like amen lights you you're mad the whole time you give or or after you've given and and there is grief that comes after the act of giving that's the mad giver. But then there's the bad giver. It's neither guilt nor grief, but rather it is greed that motivates the bad giver. This person is oftentimes giving, but he or she is oftentimes more concerned about how much they are keeping rather than how much they are giving. The bad giver just gives. Gives no thought about what they're giving. They're just thinking that church ought to be glad I gave some. You, you don't know, no, ain't nobody like that on your row. You, you, they, they, they're bad givers. They, they've been given the same thing since they were 17. Okay, 18. The bad giver, the bad giver has, has giving as a habit, but not necessarily as a response to God's goodness. It is what we do because it is what we do. It is simply done and and the giving is neither budgeted the giving is is nothing that is a part of his or her uh, regular routine but rather it is something that they get to it is an afterthought and whatever they give look like the church ought to be satisfied with it the bad giver does not budget his or her giving it is an afterthought but the bad giver is usually the first person to make sure that the church has a record of what they gave Amen. Amen. And come April, you want that report of what you gave. 
But then finally, there is the glad giver. The glad giver is not about guilt. It's not about greed. It's not about grief. But the glad giver gives out of gratefulness. The glad giver gladly and joyfully honors God in his or her giving. The glad giver gives in proportion to how she has been blessed. The glad giver delightfully shares in his bounty and gives to the needy without being convinced or cajoled. Gladly gives without hesitation or consternation when asked or he, is, he or she is simply compelled out of their own convictions to give. Why? Because God has been so good to me. I gladly give. Now, if you've located yourself anywhere other than in the glad section, let me help you to become a cheerful giver today. In this text, Paul is encouraging the church at Corinth to give generously by commending the Macedonian churches. He's writing to the churches at Corinth to give because there is a great need in Jerusalem. There, there's been a drought, there's been a famine, and, 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 and there, is, there is dearth, there is deprivation, there is, people are at the point of death. And, and so he says, we need our churches from around to help give so that the needy don't die. So he writes to the church at Corinth, this letter in 2 Corinthians, he says, I need you all to give. And watch this. He says, I want you all to give, and I'm going to give you an example in how to give. And he lifts up the Macedonian churches. He lifts up the giving in Macedonia as an example for how to give. The reason that Paul commends the Macedonian churches is because they have given liberally, but not because they have surplus, but because they are simply grateful givers. In fact, if you look at the Macedonian churches, the Macedonians were not affluent at all. They did not have great riches. They were actually poor churches. The, the, the Macedonian churches were poor in comparison to the Corinthian churches. Their resources are much more limited than those of the Corinthian church. But listen to what Paul says in chapter 8, verse 1. Paul begins in chapter 8, verse 1, says, Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For two their power I bear record yea and beyond their power they were willing of themselves praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering of saints Paul is saying listen we we wasn't even trying to take from them because we knew that they were poor but they just insisted that they participate in giving to those who were in need Paul lifts up their example of giving to the Corinthian church not because of how much they gave, but because of the spirit and the attitude with which they gave. Even out of their poverty and out of their lack, they gave with a zeal and an eagerness that he hoped would then inspire the Corinthians to do the same. But Paul is very clear about what prompted that kind of giving in the first place. It was not that they were naturally generous people. You know, some people have the mistaken notion that poor people give anyway. You hear it said all the time, Mississippi is one of the most giving states because it's the poorest state in the union. And it's this notion that, that, that poor people try to give their way out of poverty. 
Reason that some people have said there's a lottery in Mississippi because there's so much poverty here. And so we're just wishing on a star trying to do whatever we can to get out of the poverty that we're in. But no, no, Paul is saying, no, they're, they're not giving trying to get out of poverty. They're giving because they have a heart to give. In the very next verse, Paul gives the answer to the Macedonians' generosity. It says in verse 5, and this they did not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Paul says the reason that the Macedonian church gave like this with such passion, with such zeal, with such cheerfulness, is because, first of all, they had given themselves to God. And Paul suggests that if you're going to be a joyful, cheerful, and generous giver, the first thing you've got to do in generous giving and cheerful giving, you've got to have a heart that's been given to God. You, you, you can't be a cheerful giver if your heart is not in God's hand. How do you give with cheer? First, by giving yourself to him. You cannot give cheerfully with an unconverted heart. You cannot give joyfully with an unrepentant heart. You cannot give liberally with, with authentic passion unless you have a heart that has been touched and turned over to the Lord God himself. Because giving begins right here. You remember the story of Cain and Abel? How the Lord had respect unto the offering of Abel, but Cain's offering was rejected. The rejecting of Cain's offering was not because it was the wrong kind of offering, but because it was given with the wrong kind of spirit. It was given with the wrong attitude. It was given from a contentious and a covetous heart. And it does not matter what your gift is. If your heart is not right, God is not pleased with it. God, hear me, hear me well. God is more concerned with the heart of the giver than the gift that's in the giver's hand. You don't believe me? Proverbs 4 and 23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it flows from the heart. Everything you give comes from the heart, and your heart does not lie. Jesus said it like this, where your treasure is, there is your heart also. You cannot outgive, watch this, hear me, you cannot outgive the condition of your heart. You cannot outgive the location of your heart. So cheerful giving begins with a heart that has been given, offered, sacrificed, and turned over to the Lord. And please understand that cheerful giving is the result of a repentant heart. you got to have a heart change. How, how do you give with cheer? Your heart's got to be fixed. How, how do you give with cheer? Not in your own flesh. You, it ain't just about smiling, y'all. It, it's about having a heart change. It ain't, about, it ain't about just, okay, it's giving time. I got to act like I'm happy. No, that, that's not a cheerful, that's not cheerful giving. A cheerful giving emanates from a joyful heart that has been converted by God himself. Cheerful giving 
is the fruit of a regenerate spirit. Listen to Paul in chapter 8, verse 7. He says, therefore, as ye abound in every good thing, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye also abound in this grace. In other words, watch this. What Paul is saying is that, listen, as believers, listen, don't neglect growing in your giving. He says you grow in everything else. You grow in faith. You grow in your knowledge of the word. You grow in your ability to speak God's word. You grow in your understanding of God's word. You grow in your ability to lay hands and the sick recover. You grow in all of that. He says if you're growing in all of that, grow in giving too. Mm, it got quiet right there. See, see, you, uh, you, uh, why, mm, no, that's part of your faith. You got to grow in that as well. You might be able to quote more scripture than you could last year. But are you giving the same as you did last year? It's getting real quiet in here. Believers must not neglect the grace of giving. As Christians, we should not leave giving out of our faith profile. Secondly, cheerful giving. Secondly, cheerful giving comes in recognizing that we are following the example of Christ. When we give, we are following the example of Christ. And when you know that you're following Christ's example, that should bring cheer. So many songs we sing contain the message in general, uh, Powell, that, that I want to be like Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to talk like Jesus talked. I want to walk like Jesus. You know how it is. I want to live how Jesus lived. I want to do what Jesus did. Amen. The, the, old, the old song simply used to say, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. I, I want to I be like Jesus in my heart. Well, when we give cheerfully, we are actually walking in the ways of our Savior. When we give joyfully, we act in the ways of Jesus. And Paul brings this to our attention in verse 9 of chapter 8. For he writes there, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Paul says, let's look at what Jesus did. Jesus had everything in glory. And he gave everything up in glory to come to earth, gave up his riches, and became poor so you would be rich. He gave up his riches to take on poverty so that you could take on his riches. When we give, we are then acting in the ways of Jesus. We are giving of ourselves. We, we, we are giving cheerfully and, 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 and liberally, and we are emulating the kind of selfless giving of our Savior. Giving cheerfully happens when we see, when we recognize rather that doing so lifts up the character of Christ for others to see. For if we give like he gave, it brings attention and glory to the Savior we serve who gave up everything for us. I give cheerfully then because it's an opportunity for me to join my selfless Savior. I give cheerfully because it's a moment for me to lift up the example of my Redeemer. I am linked with him in giving. That brings me cheer. That brings me joy because it says not only, not only do I call myself one of his, but in fact, I'm following in his precepts. I'm following his example. 
I'm doing as Jesus did. Thirdly, thirdly, cheerful giving is possible when I realize that, number three, what I'm giving, I'm giving to God. I'm going to say it again. What I'm giving, I'm gi when I know that what I'm giving, I'm giving to God, that should create joy. So many times the joy is taken out of giving because we focus too much on natural things, temporal stuff, and forget that in the end of it all, that what we are giving, we are giving to God. You're giving, listen, listen, listen. I know you know it, but you had not heard it in a while. Your giving is to God. I'm going to let that sink in for a minute. Your giving is to God. I know you put it in the plate, but your giving is to God. Your giving is to the Lord. Your giving is to his kingdom. Your giving is God's offering. And Jesus gives specific instructions about giving, particularly giving that is done for the good of the poor. Remember, he says in Matthew 6, verse 1, he says, uh, when you do alms before men uh, to be seen of them, he says, you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. He says, therefore, when you do alms, don't sound the trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets. They have their glory before men. What Jesus is saying is, listen, when you give, don't talk about it. When you give, don't make a big production out of it. When you give, when you give, don't draw attention to yourself and make sure everybody know what you gave. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. Jesus says, when, when you give your benevolent offering to aid the afflicted and minister to the poor, don't go bragging about it. Don't make a big deal sounding your trumpet in order to impress people with your generosity. He says, but do that kind of giving in secret. Shh. And the Lord who sees you operating secretly in cheerful benevolence will reward you openly. Why? Here's why. Because ultimately, whatever you give, you're giving to him. Okay, I, I need to press it. Somebody else don't believe me. Remember, Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 25 about the separation of the sheep and the goats in heaven. He said, and, and the sheep will be on my right hand, the goats will be on the left. And, and he said, and in that day, the master will say to the sheep, he said, for I was hungry and you fed me. Said, I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger. You took me in. I was naked. You clothed me. I was sick. You visited me. I was, y'all remember that, don't you? I was in prison. You came to see me. And, and, and he said, and then the righteous in that day would say, Lord, when did we do all that stuff? And, and, and the master's response was what? When you've done those things to the least of mine, you've you done it to me. Are y'all hearing me in here? Listen, please understand that your giving, what you give, is giving unto God. The vehicle of your giving is the church. But the object of your giving is God. The writer of Proverbs in all of his wisdom writes in Proverbs 19 and 17, he says, He that hath pity on the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath giveth, he will pay him again. I can give then with cheer when I recognize that my gift is to the Lord. 
It's not just to the church, y'all. It's to the Lord. It's not just to help us make budget, but it's to the Lord. It's not just going to the building fund, but it's to the Lord. It's not just a book drive for Walton Elementary School, but it's to the Lord. It's not just collecting undergarments for the poor, but it's unto the Lord. Whatever we give, we give it unto God. He says, for when you've done these things to the least, you've done it also unto me. Be reminded of Paul's words in Colossians 3 and verse 23. He said, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. You give with cheer. Watch this. You give with cheer when you stop looking at us and start looking at God. Let's say it again. You give with cheer. Watch this. When you stop wondering what they're doing back there in the finance room. You can't give with you as long as you're wondering who counting the money today. I'm talking to somebody in this. You, you cannot give with cheer as long as you got the budget on your mind. You cannot give with cheer as long as you got things on your mind that went the way that you didn't want them to go last year and you're wondering how they're going to make the same mistake this year. You can't give with cheer. Y'all looking at me like I ain't telling the truth. You cannot give with cheer with that kind of mindset. When you give, keep in mind that you are giving to the Savior of your soul. You are giving to the Lord of your life. You are giving to the God of your creation. And who wouldn't be, give, who wouldn't be glad to give to a God who has given everything to us? Who wouldn't be glad to give to a God who has provided all of our needs each and every day? My gift may go in the basket. My gift may go in the plate, but it's being credited to me in heaven because my giving is unto the Lord. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Fourthly, fourthly, when done cheerfully, when done cheerfully, when giving is done cheerfully, I recognize, here it is, which side I'm on. Interesting part, Luke records Paul's words in Acts 20 and 35, saying, I've showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's in Acts 20 and 35. Listen, I can give with cheer when I realize which side of the equation I'm on. Let that sink in for a minute. I can give with cheer when I realize which side of the equation I'm on. Because, because Stanley, but, but by the grace of God. The songwriter said, it could have been me. Outdoors. No food. No clothes. Just alone, without a friend, just another number with a tragic end. But, but you didn't see fit to let none of these things be. By your grace and your power, you keep on keeping me. So thank you, Lord, for what you've done. For me. I can give with cheer when I realize which side of the equation I'm on. And I'm yet yeah, not a receiver, but God put me on the side of the giver. 
Y'all not hearing me this morning. I give with cheer because I know that I'm on the giving end and not on the receiving end. And I'm thankful for being on this side of the equation. And if you're able to give, you ought to be grateful if you're not relying on the generosity of somebody else. If your next meal is not dependent on somebody else putting something in the plate, you ought to be grateful and thankful and thank God that you're on the other side of the equation if a roof over your head is not dependent on how generous the church was this week you ought to give God glory that you're on this side rather because it could have been don't fool yourself. You're not that good that you deserve to be on this side rather than that side. There are a lot of good folk who are homeless. There are a lot of good folk who got strung out. There are a lot of good folk who are on their last dime. Don't fool yourself. You're not where you are because you're so good. You're where you are because of God's grace. But for his grace, there go I. So I give with cheer because I know at any given point, it could have been me. Y'all ain't talking to me in here. You ought to tell your neighbor, it could have been me. It, it could have been me. I know it could have been me. Some of y'all ought to witness this morning. You know you've been in some stuff and you know for a fact it could have been you. The Lord brought you out of some things and, and you ought to stand to your feet right now and tell him, thank you because you know it could have been you could have been you it could have been me it could have been him it could have been her but for his grace last last thing I'm through last thing and I'm through giving with cheer is possible lastly when I trust in God's providence when I trust in God's providence I can give with cheer one of the greatest deterrents to joyful and cheerful giving is one simple thing, fear. Can, can I unpack it for a minute? One of the greatest deterrents to giving joyfully and cheerfully and liberally is fear. It's the fear that if I give like that, I may not have enough left over for me y'all ain't talking to me in here if, if, if i re reverend if i really give like you talking about giving the the things that i need i may not be able am i the only somebody who's had those thoughts y'all looking at me like i'm by myself in here it, the, the, it's the fear of if i really get all in with my giving like that I may come up short at the end of the month. Do I have two or three witnesses on this side who can testify? I've had that thought. I've had that thought. I've, I've had that thought. I've had that thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, 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 and so, but Paul helps us out in this text. The first thing he says is that if you sow sparingly, I'm wrapping up here, you'll reap sparingly. He said, in other words, your harvest is in direct proportion to what you sow. And if you put a little bit in, I didn't make it up, it's right there. 
He said, if, if you sow just a little bit, you're going to get. Oh, y'all got it. Y'all got it. He said, but those, yeah, he says, but, but if, you, if you give bountifully, if you sow bountifully, do I have a witness in here? Oh, okay, so wait a minute. If I give lightly, I'm going to receive lightly. If I give sporadically, then I'm going to receive sporadically. If I give occasionally, then I'm going to get occasionally. But, but bountiful, generous, liberal sowing of seed will result in bountiful, generous, and liberal harvest. Real simple, y'all. Real simple. Here it is. Real simple. You want a bountiful blessing? Give a bountiful offering. See? Am I making this up? He said, if you give bountifully, you will receive. Jesus said the same thing, but he said it in different words. In Luke 6 and 38, he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Listen, because you know that sometimes, you know, when, when you're putting stuff in the garbage, you can put stuff in and it look like it's full. But I dare you to start. If you press it down, you realize there's, there's a little more room in here. I can, get a little, I can get a few more things in here. And God, Jesus says this, he's going to give just like that because you're going to look like you fool. But he said, no, you got some more capacity. Let me, let me press it down and give you a little bit more. Let me, let me crush it and give you a little bit more, he said. And when I do that, then it'll be running over. Running over. And then he says this, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. In other words, watch this, I'm through. The measuring cup that you use to give is the same measuring cup that will be used to give back to you. I can't make it no more plain than that, y'all. Y'all looking at me for some great revelation. That's it right there. If you use a teaspoon, You gonna get? Y'all ain't talking to me in here. You, you, you graduate and you use a tablespoon. You gonna get a? But I dare you to put a cup in. I dare you to decide I'm gonna go from a cup to two cups and from two cups to a quart and from a quart to a gallon and I skipped a pint. You know I did it. All these things. He said whatever measurement you use, it will be measured back to you and here's the part voices I've been trying to get to it all day I finally got to it the part that says in verse 8 and God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work watch this y'all how many of y'all have lived long enough to know by now that all of your blessings are not about money. 
I, I mean, are there some mature folk in here who, who will testify? There are some things you need that money came by. Do I have a witness in here? And that's why this verse is so powerful because it says that God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you always have all sufficiency in all things. Wish I had a witness in here because there are some things that, that money can't deal with but, but some things I just need God's grace. Do I have a witness in here? Yeah, yeah. Grace abounding towards me means that yet sometimes I just need the right folk to cross paths with. And this says God is able. Sometimes I just need the right doctor to give me a second opinion. And this says God, God is able. Sometimes I just need the right specialist to be in the operating room. And this says God is able. Sometimes I just need the right administrator to meet with me when my children need some help. And this says God is able. Sometimes I just need the right lawyer to be on my case and this says God is to make all grace abound toward you. That means he can send blessings your way and some of them don't have nothing to do with money. I just need the right folk, the right contact, the right information. He said, that's all right. God is able to make all grace that you would always be sufficient in all things that you may abound to every good work. Good God Almighty. Lord, I just need, watch this. Lord, I just need somebody to put in a good word for me. And he'll send the right person to open that door. Do I have a witness in this house? All of your blessings are not about money. But the God of all grace knows what you have need of before you even ask. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. I pray, I pray that we take on the right attitude in our giving. And our giving is neither done grudgingly, bitterly, miserly or out of complaint but rather it is done with a joyful a cheerful heart because God is able he's able he's able and he will fulfill every promise that he's ever made you received that word this morning? Amen. Glory to the Lamb of God. If you're here this morning, I want to do this. I want to give you an opportunity to respond 
to the word. If you're here and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, here is the gospel. God so loved the world that he gave. See, giving is all laced through the Bible and through the gospel. God loved you so much that he gave his only son. And if you believe in him, you will not perish but have everlasting life. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the doors of the church are open. You can come right now and we can introduce you to Jesus Christ. It simply means this, that you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. If there's anybody here who is unsure of, thou, uh, unsure of your salvation, why don't you get that fixed right now this morning? You come right now. The doors of the church are open. You can come right now. God is able. God is able to do just what he said he would do. Hallelujah. He's gonna fulfill. He's gonna fulfill every promise. Every promise. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Can you say it with us? He's already know Jesus as your Lord and Savior but you don't have a church home you're invited to come you don't have a pastor he's able he's able why don't you come right now why don't you come right now sing it with us oh God is able to do just he's gonna fulfill every promise don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Come on, sing it like you mean. He's able. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Come on, let's rejoice together. Stand to your feet and say it with us. Come on, let's worship the Lord a while. Hallelujah. Hey, God is able. God is able. God is able.
Hallelujah. God is able. Listen, the ushers are going to get ready now to receive our offering. Now listen, while they're doing that, I want you to think about, I want you to think about what was shared this morning. And ask yourself, what kind of giver are you? Sad, mad, bad, or glad? It's giving time, y'all. See, that was a test right there. That was a test right there. That was a test. It's, it's, it's giving time, y'all. And, and all the cheerful people said, amen. 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 In all honesty and with all seriousness, let us be more thoughtful about how we give, the manner in which we give, the attitude with which we give. That when we give, God is pleased. God is glorified and that we can give with the kind of heart that simply says this is part of my worship to the God who has given me everything I need now if God has done that for you if you can testify that God has done that for you given you everything you need you have a reason to be a cheerful giver. Amen? Because I hear them about to say, it could have been me. <laughs> amen, amen. The ushers are coming now. We're going to give with joy and with cheerfulness. Come on, ushers. diseases people are slipping away economies down people don't get enough pay as for me all i can say is thank you lord for all you've done for me without homes are in the street and the drug habits some say they just can't be ruggers and ruggers both they cling to be safe but you've been my protection every step of the way and i want to say Keep on, you keep 
you for these gifts. We thank you for these givers. We thank you, O oh God, that you have given us the ability to give. And now for your word that has gone forth, for this worship experience, we pray, O oh God, that it has been pleasing in your sight. Now, may the grace of God, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, rule, and abide with each of you now, henceforth, and forevermore. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you. Go in peace.